I, I never really had like a coming out like event like I think I just told my sister because I was like oh yeah I'm, I'm gay and she's like okay because <laughs> my sister and I are best friends like she's mm-hmm. like okay I don't, I don't really care and then um or she was like yeah cool she's like okay and she was like went back on TikTok yeah cool like, I mean what you want is Gooby snack <laughs> I'm Jane, and you're listening to Pecan Twist. In this podcast, I'm going to be spilling all the interesting experience that I've had growing up half Indian, half Chinese. We'll discuss everything from identity, childhood, the Asian community, and so much more. Thank you so much for listening, and let's get started on today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you all are doing really well. Um, today we are joined by Madison. Who Hello. You, who you guys know already. Um, she's been a few in a few other episodes. And today we're going to be talking about a very important topic, I think, that isn't given enough attention in general. And that is kind of homophobia in the Asian community. Um... Yeah, so I think we're definitely going to talk about the relationship between racism in the LGBTQ plus community and then how that affects homophobia in Asian communities, but I think we'll definitely mostly be focusing on homophobia in Asian communities. Um, So to start, um, Jane, you're half Indian and half Chinese. I'm Korean. Um, And you're straight. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Or so we say. As of right now. <laughs> Currently, um, as of April 17th, I am straight. And I am, I'm gay. I'm a lesbian. And um, I think my first question would be, how do you think your race has affected your sexual identity? I definitely think growing up, um, I was never really... And this is not my parents' fault at all. I think that's also how they grew up. And growing up in the Midwest, I was never really given even an opportunity to be anything but straight like the idea was never presented to me um so I definitely think I don't know if it's affected my I definitely think it's affected my identity right now to where yes I think I'm straight because I'm really comfortable with that and so is my family and all my other loved ones um so yeah I think what about you um I think it's kind of the same like being that Eastern Asian thing, but also growing up, because I was born in Michigan and I lived there for like eight years, and then I moved to Texas, which is not exactly more liberal, but um, <clears throat> yeah, so being like Asian and stuff, there's definitely a lot of heteronormativity, and like you just don't even think that being gay is like an option, basically. Like you're never really presented with that. And, yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's part of the reason why I think I didn't realize that I was gay until like I came to college or like my senior year of high school mm-hmm. um it's just that because like in asian culture like heterosexuality is like so normalized that it's like yeah. you don't even think that being anything else is like an option yeah and i would say like especially in china and those east asian countries like korea there you don't see any gay characters mm-hmm. in television books for children Honestly, like, in society, I don't even know. I guess now it's getting better. But in general, it's not, there's not as much representation as there is in the U.S. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, 
actually in like Eastern Asian countries, like it's it's a lot worse, I think, than being in the United States. Like if you if you're outed and you're like in Korea, like I don't know why South Korea is so unaccepting, but um, I was like reading articles and apparently if you are outed like by a coworker or something, because that's also a thing you can get outed. I mean, not that it's really not other that that isn't a thing here, you. but yeah, like um. You, like you will lose your job immediately you will be fired on the spot and you could like lose your house you like you're what? if you're like a, a young person you could get kicked out of your house by your parents it's like so bad and even like, now i'm pretty sure or at least wow, recently i think that's... like it's becoming slowly more accepting but even still it's like yeah. still majority is not accepting of homosexuality honestly yeah in china i think it's the same i don't know if it's that severe but honestly i know that it's not very accepted at all or not spoken about even um and i guess like in the same way people are definitely shunned for their sexuality Mm -hmm. which is really sad so i think a follow-up question would be um what is your earliest encounter with sexuality or sexual minority communities oh that's really hard i think my earliest oh i distinctly remember actually it was at ymca summer camp and it had nothing to do with my parents or the Asian community. It was just a girl was like, yeah, did you hear like he's gay? And I was like, what does gay mean? And she was like, you don't know what that means? And I was like, no. And she was like, oh, it means that um, you like, you're a boy and you like boys. God forbid. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, weird. But she was saying it in a way, this was in Kansas. Mm-hmm. She was saying it in a way that was like, oh, it's bad. Right, negatively connotated. Yeah. Um, what about you? Um, I think... My earliest memory is, oh, I think I was watching, like, an HGTV, like, TV show. What is it? Oh. House Hunters or something. Mm-hmm. And I think the, like, clients for that episode were, like, this lesbian couple. Like, this, like, mm-hmm. middle-aged white lesbian couple or something. And um, I think I, like, asked my dad or something, like, what a lesbian was. I think they mentioned it in the show. And he was like, oh, it's, like, when two, like women are together or some, something like that like very baseline like and it was very it was pretty neutral like it definitely wasn't very like positive or negatively connotated mm-hmm. and um i think i'd also like to ask have you had any conversations about like sexuality encounters or like um just conversations with your family about sexuality in general and like queer identities and were yeah. they like positive or negative conversations so definitely with my parents i have and they were very positive. I just remember, like, I think my mom had just watched a documentary, but she was very sentimental. And she was like, Jane, I just want you to know no matter what, your dad and I love you, and we accept you, and no matter who you love, you know, we always adore you. It was very sweet. Um, but for my grandparents, mm. I don't think I ever have. I don't really know of, from what I know, they're not super against it. That's mm. what I know. But I don't know if they're very pro either. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, also, I, think... I don't talk to them. <laughs> Same. I feel like grandparents are a sore subject for a lot of yeah. Asians. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm kind of estranged. Like... Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think, well, when my parents found out that I um, had been with a girl, my dad was, like, shocked. He was, like, he dealt with it, like, pretty negatively, like, really? looking back on it. like. I, he definitely took it very badly, I think, at first. But, I mean, now he's, like, fine. Now, and, like, my mom, she she just didn't really dwell on it. She was like, I don't really care. Like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But, um, yeah, my mom is, like, she's she's great. Like, she doesn't, um, 
she doesn't really um oh because i think when they first found out like my mom was mad at me for something else so she oh. like didn't even like talk oh about she was it. like forget this and she's I'm like gonna... uh, i'm mad at you because like you're not like trying so hard in your like college applications or something oh. <laughs> definitely like completely skipped over the yeah. being with girls part yeah like didn't even phase her um but yeah. that's so funny I feel like our moms are on the really good spectrum in terms of Asian. Yeah, parents. yeah. I think they're um, very loving and accepting. Right. I feel like my parents, like, they were like, oh, I don't want to be that, like, tiger mom. Like, so they yeah. tried really hard to, like, break that stereotype, which I think yeah. they did a good job of. Yeah. Um, I'm very grateful for that, too. Yes. What about you? Have you talked to your grandparents about it? Oof, no. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I feel like, okay, well. I feel like they're definitely, like, conservative. But honestly, I don't know if... I mean, like, conservative, like... Where they're, like, Trump supporters, but, like... Mm-hmm. I think they're definitely, like, that... Because especially older generations of Asians, they're very traditional. Right. So I feel like they wouldn't be very accepting of it, but I haven't talked to them. I don't really talk to them anymore. So I, I don't think I would bring that up in conversation. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. So given that you're Chinese and Indian, do you know of any stereotypes of the LGBTQ plus community like within those different Hmm. um, cultures? That's a good question. I think not really, but I think my mom told me about one. Actually, no, I think there's so not talked about that there's that even no stereotypes exist. I feel like in a lot of ways, even their existence is just not acknowledged. Mm, that makes sense. So it's very just like neutral because they don't acknowledge them as, yeah. as beings. Yeah. I feel like in general, they're kind of shamed. They're shamed in certain ways, like for their, obviously for their sexuality, but the way that they express it also, it could be almost like comparable to calling someone like a slut or a whore. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, like but, a lifestyle choice, quote unquote. Yeah. Because you can choose, like... Yeah, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, what about you in Korean? Um, I mean, I've never, like, been to Korea. Or maybe I have when I was, like, two, so I don't really know. But um, I have heard that it's, like, pretty bad there. Like, it's, like, oh, like, gay people, like, are the cause of AIDS. And, like, they oh. um, it's they treat being um, gay as, like, a disease or, like, a disability. And it's, like... Um, and I think it's because of, like, Koreans are, like, pretty religious. And, like, a lot of the church is, like, being gay is so sinful and you're going to burn an hell for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so you're – so being Chinese and Indian, so that's, like, two different, I would say, like, regions of Asia, like, Southern Asian and Eastern Asian. Do you think there's a difference between, like, Chinese and Korean views versus, like, Indian views? Hmm. I would say in general, I don't really know, but I think generally Indians are slightly more accepting. I feel like I have read that like Southern Asian countries are generally more accepting of yeah. gay people than Eastern Asian countries. Yeah, I think so. Even though they're general, they're not that accepting, but I think I do think in China, like in a communist society, any kind of different anything that's different or out of the norm is kind of discouraged because mm-hmm. you it, the whole point of communism is to create a homogenous society so anything that's kind of weird or not in the norm quote unquote mm-hmm. they don't like it yeah i think that's the same with asians too um 
like especially like for immigrants like for i mean for eastern asians mm-hmm. um especially like with immigrants they um i think they just tried to like stay in line and just like kind of shuttle on and just like work to like provide a good future for their family which i definitely respect but like you can't like make your child sacrifice their well-being because they don't align with your personal views and um right we read this book in my class um called minor feelings by kathy park hong and she talks about how um like asians especially like the working like older generation like who um like immigrated here like they are like the working ants like quote unquote of um of the industry or like of industry and um they just try to like keep quiet and like not make a scene and um are just trying to like just keep working and like not disrupt the natural state i guess yeah so um do you think that some asians believe that they're quote-unquote better than queer people oh for sure i mean this may be more for like being actually living in eastern asia like versus being in the u.s but i feel like it definitely still applies to um asians in the u.s but um i think it definitely has to do a lot with like the church um Mm, yeah this is maybe just from where i'm from but um a lot of koreans are um what's the word not presbyterian um a lot of koreans are like that protestant christianity and Mm -hmm. um and it's especially it's really strong in like actually in korea um and the church really uses that like gay is a sin and like you're gonna go to hell like you're gonna burn in hell that kind of rhetoric to kind of like I guess instill fear and also like rally people who are like um, more traditional and like have more conservative views like they like kind of rally them together like to um like band together against gay people which is not great um no it's not but I I guess in that sense like I guess like heterosexual Asians like think that they're like quote-unquote better because they're like I don't have the disease of the gay Mm -hmm. um but I think it can definitely go like both ways like I think that like queer white people who are have like one majority group can also think that they're better than um asian people um and that's more from like a racist standpoint like yeah i mean just like the negative like racial stereotypes of against asian people like that they're like greedy or um that they like only like work and they're just so obedient and submissive that's like another big like stereotype about asian culture is that it's Mm -hmm. like full of obedience and submissiveness is Mm -hmm. like um oh like they don't like stand up for themselves or like they don't um they just do what they're told at all times and it's like i think there's definitely that relationship in play like where one can kind of cause the other like if asians experience uh, especially if queer asians um, experience racism within the lgbtq plus community then they're more likely to kind of feel that they're more justified in like accepting um homophobic beliefs towards like lgbtq plus people like if they experience that reason they're gonna be like oh well then they're bad too like they're um I, gay people are bad <laughs> um, yeah and um yeah like heterosexual asians like like cishet asians they um will like look down upon like queer communities like queer white people and then that especially creates problems for people who are queer and asian um like myself yeah no Um, it's definitely i feel like you're in a very isolating position yeah yeah because it's like you don't really like feel accepted in any group that you're involved in and it's like 
especially when I was growing up too, like not that I really like I didn't really like know and accept that I was gay until I like I like, got to college like right before I was about to leave and um growing up I definitely had a lot of like identity issues like I had a lot of different phases of my life mm-hmm. um like you've seen pictures of me like in high school very like high femme lots of makeup yeah very straight girl um yeah long black hair um it was permed at one point shout out to the other episodes mm-hmm. um, that'll be coming up yeah and I definitely like dealt with a lot of identity issues growing up and like um I just like never really felt like I just felt really out of place in both of the communities like my family and I we went to a Korean church a Korean Presbyterian church mm-hmm. um when I was growing up I mean we, we kind of stopped going but um because of my dance career um so we stopped going because I dance on Sundays but we would go I just like felt so like weird there I mean it's like everyone was Korean and I'm also Korean so it's like visually it's, it's like right it's not like I was like white and I was there like but I don't know, I just like, never feel like I belong there. Also, I don't speak Korean. So it's like I already feel like kind of marginalized in the Korean community because like every time I'm like with my family or like my family is with their friends and I'm there, like, they're like speaking Korean and I'm just like sitting there like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like if, oh, it's so awkward. If um one of their parents or like um one of my parents' friends asks me a question in Korean, um, I'll have to like look to my mom for um, a translation. Oh yeah, I've done that. And then I'll have to like say my translation, say my answer back in English, and then she'll have to translate it back to the person. So do, who asked. do both of your parents speak Korean? Yeah, yeah. My okay. mom's first language is Korean, and honestly, I don't really know about my dad. I think he just kind of learned both at like the same time because mm-hmm. his parents were immigrants, but he was born in Korea, but he grew up in California since he was okay. like a child. So okay. And Vivian doesn't speak. Korean no, <laughs> yeah. I I feel like my Korean is slightly better than Vivian's. Vivian's my sister's name. Um, and but I think, like both of us are really bad at it. <laughs> we don't have an accent. Like, um, we like almost never know what's happening when someone speaks to us in Korean. But I think I can figure out what the conversation is about more than she can. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that's like with age or something. But yeah. Why do you think? Um, like, why do you think that queer people are looked down upon? Like, do you think there are certain, like, cultural values um, that are part of Asian communities that, like, kind of instill that within you? I do. I think I think there are a few layers to that. So, like I said earlier, in terms of communism, I think anything out of the ordinary is discouraged. But then also I feel like a lot of cultures, I know especially Chinese, kind of emphasize this idea of a very feminine woman Mm-hmm. And then a very masculine man, especially women. I feel like women are expected to be this sort of like have a very feminine quality, feminine touch, graceful. Yeah, I think it's definitely the same for Koreans. Like yeah, and you have to be kind of like dainty in a way. Yeah, very and almost I, fragile. Like. Yeah, yeah. Especially so, I do feel like, especially in terms of women who are not, and I would point to lesbians who are more masculine. Me. <laughs> So Madison, <laughs> um, I I do feel like it's harder for them to find acceptance mm-hmm. in the in that community. So yes, I do think that they are in certain ways. In terms of gay men, I also think you know more feminine men. Right, they also don't fit the stereotypical gender roles. Of right, like the binary men and women. Oh, and I, I mean, 
this is i don't think this is what we're going to talk about today but like people who don't fit in the gender binary in asian communities oh my gosh why <laughs> so sorry guys exist no yeah if you're non-binary it's very difficult for asian i know in general to accept that i don't know i also feel like in general the i would say a lot of languages have this but i will say the chinese language is when you refer to someone like does it have to be gendered it in written it is in spoken oh. it's not so you like you use the same word like ta that's means mm-hmm. that person for anyone but when you write it if it's a male you put the like the male symbol mm-hmm. versus if it's a woman you put the female symbol so there is that specification so when you're non-binary it's like oh that sucks yeah, for you well <laughs> i'll be assigning you one <laughs> i'll just pick one for you i yeah. guess <laughs> i mean like 50 50 what you want <laughs> but um, i do think the language also kind oh, of oh yeah like language that. definitely like shapes um the way that you view gender and like sexuality just even like your culture in general um i learned about this in my anthropology class but there is this um concept called um like the sapir wharf hypothesis like it's i think it's like aka uh linguistic relativity and it's basically just saying that like your language shapes how you view the world like your worldview your culture your beliefs that kind of thing yeah absolutely um, we watched this ted talk um as part of our class that was like talking about um how different languages that have like different um what's the word like gendering of nouns Mm -hmm. well then that'll shape how they view that object. I think like an example was like in German, um, bridges are gendered as like feminine. So like when they asked people like how they how they see bridges, they're like, oh, they're they're beautiful and like long. Oh, and, that's interesting. Um, I can't... But if they asked them about like something else, I can't really remember, but it was like something with a male um, article, like a male gendered pronoun. Um, mm-hmm. Again, not a human thing, just like a noun. Right. Um, and they described it as like very like strong and um, like other like masculine. That definitely adjectives. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that's really interesting, and it totally makes sense as well. Yeah, I think there are also like just general cultural values that are part of the Asian community that like affect how people view sexual minority communities and like. Um, other like yeah <laughs> no i know what you yeah mean, like, like um i don't this is definitely like an eastern asian thing i feel like but like shame and like um, also the fact like the whole idea that you need to honor your family yeah and marry well right to reflect Bring, well like, on your like values honor that kind family. of thing too yeah um like very mulan but it's very <laughs> yeah. it's very you better true, bring actually. honor to us all no <laughs> um no it's yeah it's very true that aspect of the movie even though a lot of other parts were not but i will say that the whole idea of you know you bring honor to the family Mm -hmm. by by doing well finding a man to marry and like you have to um dress up and like you have to act a certain way just Mm -hmm. for you to be eligible to find a husband just for that a man will even consider the option of marrying you you must be this like certain feminine woman you must dress a certain Mm -hmm. way act a certain way you You can't speak up you can't like know how to respond to mm -hmm. a man and obviously now it's a little more progressive but definitely those values underlying i think it does exist implicitly yeah and um 
same with the thing of like respecting your elders and it's like especially if they're like very traditional you it's like really hard to break that cycle especially if like as a younger generation if it's your grandparents like you don't really feel like you have power over your grandparents no not all yeah exactly because the whole elder respect thing because also a lot of asian um people you grow up with your grandparents i grew up with my grandparents when i lived in michigan they lived with us and um because they live with you it's like they are like the kind of like the heads of the house almost yeah, for sure they're the oldest and same it's with like, our family we yeah. didn't live with our grandparents but my aunt does and they definitely are considered like you know mm-hmm. their word is the most important yeah 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 and so it's like if they are imposing these traditional beliefs that like homosexuality is bad and like you should just um like bow your head like keep working and like just find a good husband have kids like just continue um the cycle and then it's like it's really hard to break that it's um it takes a a certain kind of strength i think but i don't want to be down on people who um are haven't broke the cycle but it's yeah like it's it's very difficult it's it's extremely and you want you know you love your family you want to make them proud of you yeah and you you don't want to just like have them shun you completely like that's your family that's your it's really hard especially for people who have come out and their families Mm -hmm. have been like no that's hard yeah to be completely rejected by your family um yeah and to just like completely lose all of your like built-in support system all at once just because of one thing that you can't really control like exactly it's extremely heartbreaking and i feel like because um because like we know that that thing exists like that definitely deters some especially like younger people like from coming out to their parents because they know that that might happen to them Mm -hmm. and they just don't want to lose their family completely yeah, I know a lot of people who know their sexuality, not a lot, a few, but they are not telling their parents until they're financially stable. Yeah, or because then it's know- like they can't, like, cut you off. And, yeah. Like, you're still okay by yourself, like. Yeah. Yeah, um, honestly, like, even for me, like, I, um, I think I realized that I liked girls, um, like, my, maybe, my senior year of high school or something, or kind of, like, the late high school and but I didn't like tell my parents like um it was just like I didn't think that they needed to know I maybe that's just more of like a heteronormativity thing but like also a nation thing yeah but um honestly I feel like you were right in a sense like it shouldn't be that big of a deal yeah like it should be like okay you like girls honestly like (laughs) but some people are like I feel like that's the way my parents kind of treated it too like it's like oh okay like it doesn't really matter except my dad but he got over it um (laughs) But, like, yeah, I just, like, never told them. And even when, like, I actually, like, realized I was gay, like, in college, like, when I went home for winter break, I didn't even, like, really tell them. Like, I never, like, people were always like, oh, um, people, I see people on the internet, like, oh, what's your coming out story? Or, like, oh, I'm doing this thing for, for me coming out. Like, I'm making a, a cake that says mm-hmm. I'm gay on it and rainbow fondant. Right. <laughs> and I was just, like, I, I never really had, like, a coming out like event like i think i just told my sister because i was like oh yeah i'm I'm gay and she's like okay because <laughs> my sister and i are best friends like she's mm-hmm. like okay I don't, I don't really care and then um or she was like yeah cool i was like okay and she was like went back on tiktok yeah cool so, i mean what you want is gooby snack <laughs> <laughs> um and i think I, I think i asked my mom oh this i think this i was asking um if jamila could come home with me like mm. um and visit 
or something. What? Yeah. And I think she was just asking, like, oh, are you gay? Or something. Like, mm-hmm. not, like, directly like that. Just because yeah. I asked a girl. She's like, yo, are you, like, dating her? Or? <laughs> no, but she, like, knew that I um, had been with a girl before that. Like, that I was into girls before that. But it's, like... Um, I think she just, like, finally asked. She was like, oh, are you are you gay? And I was like, yeah. She's like, okay, I kind of figured. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah, I feel like, you know, it's great to want to tell your family, like, yes, I'm gay. But also, it's a little unfortunate that our society even requires that. Like, yeah, why yeah. is heterosexuality even the norm? I know, like, why did we decide that that was the norm? Yeah, like, like what if being also, gay... What if it why is being gay so, straight? like, so so different that it's like an alien thing right that it's like oh wow you're gay like no it's just (laughs) another it's like okay i have black hair you have (laughs) you have whatever's going like it's just another part of yeah what makes up a person right it's not like their life decision i know yeah we definitely like what's the word like we inflate the value of coming out i think yeah um Oh, what's that one movie? Um, like Love Simon, where like the ad, like the the trailer was like, um, all of his friends like coming out as straight. Like, why do I have to come out? Like, why doesn't why I don't like straight people have to come out to their families? As, oh, and then it's like, um, Mom, it's Dad. just like a montage of like kids being like, Mom, I, I'm I'm straight, and then like the mom is like crying, <laughs> she's like sobbing, she's like, No, like, that's unnatural. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. But yeah, I mean, I hope that, you know, should I have children one day, they Mm -hmm. don't feel like they... I want to raise them in such a way that... Not to, like, be like, straight is the norm and Mm -hmm. gay is not the norm. Right. But I just be like, yeah, if you want to date a girl, date a girl. If you want to date a guy, date a guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't really care. Like, just be neutral about all of them. Yeah. Like, not placing one as better than the other. Right. Um. Uh, it definitely starts with like parenting like yeah your parents definitely like um instill values in you mm-hmm. even if you like change them as you grow older like from the people around you but it's still like a, a baseline for what yeah. you learn i think the number honestly i would argue the number one thing is your parents like mm-hmm. it's because the people who couldn't accept themselves as being gay and went to all these games it's because of their parents mainly right. like the parents in the society they grew up in that was telling you no, you're going to rot in hell because you like the same Yeah, gender. I think I was fortunate in that I wasn't told that. Um, mm-hmm. Or if I was in church, I do not remember because I have not been in years. <laughs> very, a lot of years. But um, yeah, no, my, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that I wasn't, I never really, I, I had seen it on the internet and things like that. But right. I wasn't ever told that like being gay was like um, a sin and like you're going to go to hell. Probably because like I... I didn't even think that I was gay, so it's not like that would have been right. that knowledge would have been presented to me. Um, like it's not like someone would have told me that in response to like seeing that I was gay. Like, right? I, I definitely, even if I, it, if, if it was deeply repressed back then, like I definitely didn't like present as like gay, quote unquote. Like I feel like, and also the way you dressed, mm-hmm. it was very typical of like a straight person. yeah so they wouldn't have any like, opportunity to think of any different yeah. like now it's like it's pretty obvious yeah. um well that's a lesbian <laughs> <laughs> it's like gaydar like even for straight people it's like yeah. whoa You're like whoa um, that's yeah but yeah but like when i was younger like and i dressed like a stereotypical like girl um yeah it was like 
no one ever thought that I was gay. Like, no one ever assumed that about me. Um, also, I did have boyfriends, too. I do have a couple ex-boyfriends. Yeah, but I like, think that definitely helped your your straight <laughs> helped, cause. Um, yeah, it helped my con, my con job. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, because, like, I never, like, no one ever assumed that I was gay, because obviously, because homosexuality is not the norm. So they assumed that I was straight, because I never gave them any, any information um, to prove otherwise. So then I was never really presented with, like, well, you're going to go to hell because you're a homo. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like also since you found out so late, it was mm-hmm. just like, okay. Yeah. like I, I'm already out the door. Exactly. I'm already like, I've already left my home, my um, very white, conservative, suburban town in Texas. I've already mm-hmm. left that. Um, and it's like, I'm in college already. And like this is when I'm like really like out, I guess. Um, and it's like... I don't know, I'm, I'm already, like, so... I, I mean, I'm not that independent, but, like, I'm already, like, more independent to where it's, like... There's no, like, big adults that are, like, I have authority over you. Right, like, I'm you, cutting you off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the people who could do that, they don't because yeah. they love you. Right, right. Um, so now that we've talked about um, all of these, like, underlying issues that cause um, homophobia in Asian communities, do you think that there is a particular solution that you would suggest towards solving this issue? So do you mean like Asian Americans or Asian as in in Asia? Because I, I feel like I would suggest different things. For yeah, for sure. But I think, I think I'm mostly talking about Asian Americans. I think in Asian Americans, because you're already in the new kind of like Western environment, that's mm-hmm. a little bit more accepting than Asia. The first thing I would say is just the way that you raise a child Mm -hmm. it in general i would say exposure to more to the the, variety of sexualities right and also exposure to people who are non-binary the idea of someone not identifying with a certain gender wouldn't be so strange and foreign right right right. you just be like okay well i've seen that since i was like a little kid yeah like reflecting on your mental rolodex like oh i've seen that before it's normal exactly just normalizing it i think is the biggest thing yeah yeah, and i don't even think that means sitting down and having a conversation being like hi gay people exist because (laughs) even that in a sense is isolating yeah yeah it's making it seem like this is almost different. like a taboo topic yeah. that you need to like sit down and have like a very right. formal conversation about. Yeah, I don't, I think just in general, just like you know, expose your kid if you mm-hmm. can. You like make I them know, watch Queer Eye. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> or like you know, Frozen with the you know they did the little the two gay men at the shop. Remember mm-hmm. that was the whole thing in Frozen. Oh, um, it was like the guy big summer blowout, and then it's just like <laughs> yeah, it flashes to like his his husband and yeah. the kids. Yeah, 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 it's just like little like little, little things, things like, like that. Yeah, yeah. and then um, if also, your child, sorry, oh, sorry, go ahead. But it's also like um, even if there are little <laughs> things like that, you have to like acknowledge that those are gay people. Right. Like you can't just be like you can't just glaze over like, like if they put those friends. in yeah like you yeah. have to acknowledge that they're gay so that they like i get that i think that effectively comes across yeah and if your child asks about it just treat it like you would any other thing mm-hmm. like if your child is like what are those who like okay well yeah like they're married they fell in love blah 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 mm-hmm. and then just like you would describe a straight couple like yeah they're right. married they're in love mm-hmm. um hopefully but i do think that just in general normalizing it and exposing your kid would be the biggest things for me obviously i'm not a parent but i think when i should i have kids and i think 
in general, my parents did do their best, even if they weren't able to expose me a lot, because again, we were in the Midwest, they did their best to not make it some taboo topic. Like so weird and like yeah. alien. Like, yeah. oh, you can't talk about it. or Because that automatically is a negative connotation. Right, like just like trying to not talk about it, like inherently makes seem make it seem, makes it seem negative. Yeah. Because you don't want to bring it up. Right, like it's forbidden. Oh, wait, it's bad. Right. Like I can't be that. Yeah. But because kids are so impressionable, so they'll remember if their parents Exactly, says, they'll definitely remember like no. what their parents instilled that as like okay to talk about and what it's not okay to talk about yeah so what do you think what's your um inclusivity um i think obviously this is not like a, a cure-all but mm-hmm. um i think something that could definitely be done is like in- increasing like the awareness and just access also like towards like mental health resources for yes. asian and asian i definitely think i agree um because a big thing with asian culture is like mental health does not exist mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it sweep it on the rug like right. there are no but, mental health issues right you do not need a therapist god yeah. forbid that you're depressed <laughs> no you're not pretend no you're not <laughs> no, you're depression not. isn't real no just get over it yeah yeah <laughs> you just need to go take a nap yeah 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 or just like eat some food or something yeah you like, need, yeah you need to eat you're probably hungry <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why you're depressed you're just hungry. yeah you're just hangry actually <laughs> <laughs> you're not you when you're hungry <laughs> what is that snickers snickers yeah <laughs> um no yeah i think that's like a big i think i think it's a really good first step is like just like if if you can't actually get them to the mental health resource at least like making it more available like maybe like a a, a helpline or was it like a hotline like yeah um or like a website where you can like submit anonymous things if you're um feeling in danger or like um just like other mental health resources because um i feel like especially asian women like if they're in a house of danger or if they're dealing with yes. mental health issues it's very hard to reach out and is, um, yeah get seek mental health services and um but also if you seek mental health services and like you're having these like conversations about like what you would consider like quote-unquote taboo like um like mental health issues like because that's definitely not talked about enough in asian communities uh, mm-hmm. once you start having those conversations with perhaps a therapist or like someone on a on a helpline or um someone on like a message board something like that um it'll help like instigate those conversations about inclusivity and um once you um start learning to accept like yourself and like understand that you it's okay to have a mental illness if you if you have one um or accepting others with mental illness. Um, like, once you are starting these conversations and beginning to have these conversations, it's much easier to accept yourself and then also turn that acceptance onto others. I Yeah, I definitely agree. I think a lot of the kind of hatred for other people, mm-hmm. whether it be sexuality or mental disorders, right. it comes from, like, a, a secret, like, hatred of your, themselves. Exactly, exactly. And I think the Asian community, as much as I love my fellow Asians, does a great job of suppression. Like, suppress, <laughs> yes. suppress. You do not feel anything. You are not gay. You are not depressed. Just yeah. be. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just exist. Just exist and, and work. Just conform. Right. Yeah. Conformity. Ooh, that's a, that's a big topic in Asian things. And Asian I think think you know it's just not cutting it we can see that now yeah, yeah, yeah. with our generation trying to get out of that mm-hmm. in a lot of ways yeah so um there's a study done by ethan mirish and he basically creates this model um like a flow chart kind of thing where he examines um the relationship between um 
like stressors and like how that affects your um, physical and psychological health. And this is for sexual minorities. I don't know if it's about um, Asian people specifically, um, but it shows that like issues like shame um, they can lead to people on the LGBTQ plus community having poorer relationships with people around them, like their peers, whether it be like other queer people or non queer people. Um, and it can also like lead to loneliness and um, loneliness then leads to like distress and like other distress symptoms like both physical and mental health distress. Um, and also I think in his model, like shame also directly leads to stress, um, distress symptoms. And, um, and in his model, he shows that there's like two different types of stressors. like. Um, there's like there's distal stressors like from like the outside world like onto you like whether it be from other people who have homophobic beliefs or um like rejection from other people because you're gay or like Mm -hmm. from your parents or just like discrimination from other people and then there's um proximal stressors that are like from yourself from that internalization of like internalized homophobia internalized racism internalized um ableism to me those are a lot harder to get over than the exactly so um like if when the hatred comes from inside yourself it's it's like so hard damn what am i supposed to do it's so exactly i haven't experienced it with like being lgbt but Mm -hmm. in other senses it's very difficult yeah yeah yeah. um so definitely i think like increasing access to mental health is like a big thing that could help um Asian communities like overcome that internalized racism and mm-hmm. then um that internalized discrimination can then be um used to um become more accepting of other communities that are not like other minority communities that are not other Asians like um maybe so I mean queer people for an example or even like people with disabilities or uh, other minority groups like that um and but I mean, I would say a problem with the solution with using a mental health as a solution is like, just because you provide the access doesn't mean like they're gonna take it. Like, doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily use it. So I feel like that would be a caveat. I think is like finding a way to like make it to where that they would want to use it. I think, which is also hard because like having Asian um, people who need mental health resources like make that leap. And to like wanting to use it is a big yeah. hurdle. I think, I think. And like in general, it's also the changing the mindset of mm-hmm. Asian Americans from kind of shunning mental health to accepting that it's an actual issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How would you should how would you suggest like making mental health resources more? Um, I guess like appealing. I don't, I I really don't know because, I don't know, I think it's really difficult because the re, like the deep-seated kind of hatred, not hatred, but the deep-seated distaste for any mental Mm -hmm. help, it's very ingrained in a lot of Asian culture. So honestly, I have no idea how to tackle that at all. I think... I'm very lucky to have very accepting parents who have Mm -hmm. also experienced certain things. So, of course, they were like, yes, get the help you need. Mm -hmm. But I don't know for, you know, if parents, 
for example, if the parents have never experienced depression or even if they have and they didn't want to accept it and mm-hmm. then they see that their child is experiencing it now, but they're like, no, just no, you can't. Right. I don't know. I really have no ideas. I think one thing, I mean, I don't know how effective this would be, but um, I guess like releasing like marketing that would like show, I guess like success stories, um, maybe that would help. Like if people in Asian communities who need mental health um, resources or other counseling services, like if they can see that other Asian Amer- other Asian people like who are like them have reached out to these services and found success and like are doing much better. And if they were in like really similar situations to them and they can really empathize with them, I feel like that might be like a nice bridge to help them be like, oh, they were in the same situation as me and um, they reached out and they're doing way better. So maybe I can um, reach out and then maybe I'll be doing way better than where I am right now. Yeah, I, I think that's a good, a good idea. Would you propose something else for um, Asians living in actually Eastern Asia? What would you propose? Hmm. I, I honestly like um, what you said about like just I guess exposing people more but in kind of an implicit way so that mm-hmm. they're not bombarded um I think this would be really hard but I do think that if see I think it, I don't think this would ever happen but I think if they incorporated it into the education system somehow mm, yeah like had school counselors to where the parents didn't necessarily need to know or the children didn't require because I think in general kids are more accepting of new ideas right so right, even if the sure. parents are like no mental health somewhere that the kids could go without the parents consent but then there's like consent issues but without yeah. the parents like necessarily knowing or shaming them for yeah because you don't like have your parents like pressure counseling. you into being like you don't have your parents to pressure you into saying certain things or like right. not divulging certain information yeah because or your being parents are around. yeah and so I think that's definitely a start. I do think it would be really difficult because, again, the parents would obviously, I think, have a big problem with that. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we need, why do we need therapists? Like, our children aren't crazy. Yeah, our children are fine. Like, yeah. they don't need. We don't need to spend our like taxpaying dollars on paying therapists at our school. Or, like, yeah, like we'd rather counselors. just pay for like better STEM mm-hmm. department or something like that. Yeah. But I think if possible, if anything could work, I think that would be implicit enough. To where I don't think it would cause a big, mm-hmm. a big thing, but I think it would really help the kids and expose them to the idea of mental health from a young age. Because I really do think, in a lot of ways, the younger generation will lead us into. Yeah, a yeah. So future. if you teach, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just said future. <laughs> no, because definitely, like it, it starts with parenting. I think, and if you yeah. teach your children that being gay is bad, then they're gonna be raised with that belief, and then mm-hmm. that's they're gonna use that as like the way to run the world when they are mm-hmm. um, and they're going to teach their children exactly that. and it's just going to perpetuate the vicious cycle of um like discriminating against um sexual minority communities and um i think if we break that cycle and i think it definitely is getting better um in the united states especially like where especially like our generation like gen z is like very accepting like yeah i think there's like some article or some study that was like more than half of gen z is some sort of clear i remember my mom asking me the other day she was like so from what i know not a lot of people are gay but you seem to know a lot of gay people (laughs) (laughs) and i was like 
Yeah, I feel like everyone is gay at this point. <laughs> that is true. Everyone has a little gay sprinkled in honestly, there. Honestly, yeah, a little bit of a fruity. But yeah, because um, honestly, it is a spectrum, and it's hard to just it be is, completely yeah. on one end of the binary. Right. Um, Something with gender too. Yeah, but. like gender, sexuality, all very fluid things. But I feel like that's an issue that we have not tackled yet. I feel like sexuality yeah. is like kind of we're starting to dismantle that a little mm-hmm. bit, like how, like I think with our generation and like maybe millennials, but I feel like they're not as like so willing to dismantle things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in general, it's easier to accept someone's sexuality being fluid rather than their gender because yeah. sexuality, you can kind of ignore it and be like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, because it doesn't do directly like involve Yeah, but you. directly when you address someone, that You have to consciously think about... Um, you, have to consciously th- you have to consciously think about like what pronouns they use. Exactly. And, like, especially like if you're so used to using just he or she and like you just... Um, if someone decides to use they them pronouns you have to like actively think um you have to like actively reword your language mm-hmm. to um, like reset your mind and it's exactly hard. i struggle with it sometimes and i feel so bad but yeah yeah it takes like effort and i always make sure like okay i apologize i will do right better. right but it's it's difficult to rewire how you view a person in your mind yeah exactly and i feel like um I feel like right now we're in the kind of like the phase of like dismantling like heteronormativity Mm -hmm. kind of so I think after that will come like the gender binary I think yeah um I feel like they're both kind of in tandem also but I think I think still like the gender binary is a a lot more prevalent than I think still now now. it's more socially acceptable to be bisexual than pansexual oh for sure so which because having a preference for the binary genders yes yeah um yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Is that all? Um, yeah, so I think that's going to be it for today. Um, thank you so much to Madison. <laughs> You're <laughs> for welcome. Sh- for, sh- <laughs> for sharing her thoughts on the podcast. It was really interesting. Um, and I hope that you guys found it informative too. And I guess one thing we would say is definitely reach out if you feel isolated. Like, mm-hmm. you are not alone. It's not it is okay to seek mental health help yes for sure it is not it's not like a sin to be gay and it's not there's nothing wrong with you if you have depression or struggle with anxiety yeah you will not bring shame to your family for seeking out resources that you need yes um, to be a successful yes and even if you feel alone right now there will be people who love you and accept you for exactly who you are you don't need to change even though it might feel like Oh, my family hates me. I need to adjust. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. They As need a queer to adjust. Asian person, I love you. Yeah. Uh, you, I uh, stand in solidarity. <laughs> Follow Madison on Instagram. <laughs> DM her. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, you can reach out. Send me a voice message. Um, yeah. Do you have anything to add, Madison? Um, no, I think I'm good. Okay. Um, Then we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is the end of today's episode. I'd like to give a thank you to my parents for supporting me in this somewhat ridiculous endeavor and for teaching me that every voice matters. And thank you so much for listening to this somewhat shitty podcast. You guys are the best and I'll see you next time.